Hi, welcome back, Anthony. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing real well. Thanks for joining me. I'm excited to connect with you, albeit virtually. Uh, we've been longtime friends and yep. colleagues, just so everyone knows up front that uh, I was at Gap, as many of you might know, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. And Anthony came in and cleaned everything up and made everything look great. <laughs> so, so, and since then, he's been on journey at Dropbox and now Tanium, leading workforce planning and analytics. So if you would, introduce yourself and a little bit about what we're talking about today. Yeah, thanks, Al. And um, privilege is mine. I think I just saw you were top 100 uh, most influential uh, HR tech uh, folks. So Congratulations on that. I saw that call Thank out. Um, very exciting. Um, so yeah, like uh, Alice said, my name is Anthony Walter. Um, I lead workforce planning and analytics um, and have led that at Tanium for the past three and a half years. So, um, you know, if, if you all don't know what Tanium is, um, we are sort of one of the, the number one kind of cybersecurity companies that helps you know, well-respected biggest companies in the world protect their teams, their endpoints, workflows from cyber security threats. So um, it's an exciting space to be in and a lot of kind of people implications um, and how we plan for the workforce of the future there. So excited to talk a little bit about, you know, how we've built the team at Tanium, um, how we've brought together workforce planning and workforce analytics disciplines and, and sort of the advantage of advantages of that. Well, it's uh, the case, you know, I'm always excited to talk with you. Um, I am really curious, uh, you know, given the title of our discussion, you know, workforce planning and analytics, bringing it together because many have it separate. You know, you have yeah. workforce planning oftentimes in talent acquisition, um, and it's more attuned to headcount planning. Oftentimes, people analytics is throughout the employee life cycle. Um, sometimes your learning has its own separate thing going on. So why is bringing workforce planning and analytics important to you there at Tanium? Yeah, I mean, um, to me, workforce planning really is about you know, getting the right people in the right role at the right time. And I know it's a <clears throat> bit of a high level kind of platitude, but, um, you know, it really is true. You need to understand sort of the, the business strategy and the right people to get you there and the right skill sets you need and, you know, locations and type of, you know, uh, contractors or full time. And to me, I don't think you can really do that without really strong business and workforce intelligence. And so for us, it really made sen sense to bring the two together. Um, and also I think it gives, you know, workforce analysts a good well-rounded view of, you know, they're not just in a silo crunching numbers on headcount or attrition, but they're actually kind of instructively linked with the business and where we're going as a company and what our core priorities are and, and how their analytics helps get us there. So um, you know, for me, it made sense to to bring the two together and, you know, really shed light on um, it's not just, you know, data or numbers on the page. It actually makes a, an impact uh, for the overall business. And so um, that's how we've structured it, structured it here. And I think more and more companies are doing that. Well, thank you for teeing it up that way. And by the way, if you're listening, watching, uh, enter your comments or questions into the chat in on YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever you're viewing this, and we'll take your questions as we go. Um, I do want to call this out, is that many of us in the discipline over the years have focused on the process by which we do the work. 
and been sometimes a little blind to the diverse needs of our internal customers, plural. So when you say they, yeah. uh, who is they for you? Is there a governance body, steering committee, is the HR leadership team? Who, who, who are you serving? Yeah, I think our primary customers are probably, um, you know, Tanium's executive leadership team. Uh, and we also work really closely with finance. I think you need that linkage between, you know, headcount and attrition and the cost of the, the workforce. But I would say our leadership team and, and sometimes our board is really our core partners and customers. And we help them, you know, with a lot of questions around, you know, I mean, especially for Tanium as a high growth company, um, you know, what what is the effectiveness and the efficiency of our hiring? Um, you know, what is uh, the optimal org design and span of control? Um, and again, it all starts with really just working with them to understand, okay, what are their priorities? You know, it's going to be different from, you know, our chief product officer to, you know, our head of engineering to our chief customer officer. They all have different priorities and different needs. Um, but they also, you know, have core um, problems they're trying to, to solve for. Um, and so we're, we just work really closely with them, um, you know, on a regular basis. And especially as they're doing kind of their annual headcount planning to really think through what they need to, to execute on their individual strategies and how that ladders up uh, at the company wide overall. So here we are early in the conversation and you already mentioned finance and IT and facilities, mm -hmm. all these you know, many times disparate groups in, yep. in function. So was this something that you had to create and bring together or was this group uh, already formed and you just brought insight that helped them get aligned? You know, what, what did that look like? How much like selling did you have to do? Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I think, uh, you know, whenever you first stand up a new capability, which which we did at Tanium, had to build out the the capability. It wasn't there when I first started. I think you kind of have to educate, you know, the different stakeholders on what is even workforce planning. I think, you know, it's a, it's called different things in different places. Um, and so, you know, I think naturally there's some times where we do get more involved. Uh, like I said, during the, the headcount planning cycles. Um, all those stakeholders are getting together um, and really talking through, you know, what are the interdependencies? You know, if if we increase by X number of sales reps, what does it mean for pre-sales engineers? What does it mean for our support functions and how much they have to grow? And so naturally, it brings the teams together. And I think workforce planning is in a unique position to see that enterprise-wide connection and build models based on that and and the different levers we can pull around our workforce, which isn't always there. Sometimes you have folks working in silos, asking for disparate headcount needs, not always understanding the, the workforce implications across the enterprise. And so we can certainly help with that. And I think um, we've been successful in bring, bringing folks together to think about that. Oh, they, you're getting me all excited. Because <laughs> I'll just say why I'm excited. Number one, we can do so much now. Uh, when I go back, you know, 10, 20 years, yeah, bulk of our time was spent managing the data and mm -hmm. creating data and, you know, integrating systems. And it, it was just, it was very tactical at the yep. end of the day. And every once in a while on an event-driven basis, we were able to do some yes, more sophisticated study that had uh, some predictive element or mm -hmm. scenario planning, you know, to it. But now 
we can do this at a much more frequent basis with much more data because yeah. the tools are better and all that. So at what frequency are you pushing these deliverables to that uh, executive leadership team? Is it ad hoc? Is it on a monthly basis? You, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're first starting, it's a little bit of around, okay, what are the key milestones where you're delivering a lot of these insights? And then as as you build the function and as you get more credibility and, um, you know, known within the business, then that's, I think, where some of the demand comes in. It's a little bit more ad hoc based on, you know, each of the needs. So um, I would say, you know, there are key milestones around, you know, our annual engagement surveys and different employee listening um, things we have going on, um, headcount planning, board meetings, executive leadership, kind of quarterly reviews, those that, you know, we're intimately involved with. And then, you know, as certain things come up, maybe we have a hiring search in engineering, and we really need to understand, you know, what level of engineers do we need to bring in? You know, what type of skills, front end, back end, cloud, et cetera. Those are the type of kind of um, ad hoc requests that we get to, to you know, from the leaders to really understand and drive um, some kind of, you know, data decision, you know, data driven decisions um, around the people and the skill sets needed. So I would say it's a little bit of both, but we always have kind of a regular cadence of, of key milestones where we get involved with. Got it. And so a quick story, and Sharif, I'm going to weave your question into this. Um, I had the great privilege of serving Walt Disney Animation Studios uh, about 10 years ago now, um, Frozen was in production. Uh, they were just wrapping nice. up uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Big Hero 6 was on the heels of Frozen. Yeah. And without going into the full story, um, one of the reasons I was brought in is to help facilitate workforce planning. Mm. And we tried to have workforce planning discussions in this very fast-paced organization. And every time we talked about recruiting strategies, you know, six months to a year out, not even 18 yeah. months to two years out, the gravity of the here and now just derailed the conversations. Like, I yeah. can't talk about this because I need people next week. Yeah. And so what we ended up doing is carving out uh, a meeting. I'll, I'm going to use the term talent deployment. Mm -hmm. um, although at the time we called it strategic casting or they called it strategic casting, then workforce planning was a separate meeting that had a different time horizon with different mm -hmm. outcomes as a result. So we created these distinctions, um, different people in the room, although many of them were the same, yep. the purpose of the meetings were different. And we had yet something different called workforce visioning that looked three to five years out. So this is a tee up for Sharif's, uh, question. What mm -hmm. is the time horizon that you look at when you talk about workforce planning? And the yeah. sprinkle on top of that is when you think about workforce planning, are you not only thinking about hiring from the outside, but are you thinking about internal mobility and other ways work yeah. is going to get done? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question. Honestly, I think it, it really does depend on the organization. Um, and that's one of the lessons learned I've had is, you know, What's right for Gap, which is a more stable business, um, you know, it's been around a long time. It's pretty cyclical. They understand, you know, how many people they need to hire seasonally. Your horizon could be three, five years out. For Tanium, things change quarterly almost, um, mm -hmm. and you really have to meet the business where it's at. So, Tanium, you know, we we look at you know about a year out typically in our planning. Um, as we start to understand our, our corporate goals, our company goals, and each of the the functional goals um, and what they need to accomplish in the next year. 
And then we revisit that on a quarterly basis to make sure things haven't changed. You know, the product roadmap may change. We may go into a different segment or market or, or vertical. Um, so, it, you know, it really does depend on the the type of company, how quickly you're hiring, things are changing, whether your your business is, you know, seasonal, predictable, stable, or if you are having, you know, a team, we have new modules coming out all the time. Um, we're, we just went, we're going more down market. Um, so things are changing a lot more quickly. And so something you put together at the beginning of the year um, is not going to be rel as relevant, you know, even one quarter in. So you have to constantly refine it um, and revisit it. And, you you know, that's where the analytics comes in, too. You have to understand, OK, are we getting the ROI from our original strategy? Are we accomplishing the goals that we wanted to? If not, we need to pivot. Um, the way we're approaching things. And so I think that's where you can kind of bring the two together. Um, and then to your second question, um, yes, we look at both things. We look at internal mobility. We're really linked with our talent management team to understand, you know, succession planning. What are the key roles, critical talents, skill sets needed? Who are our top performers? Where are they in, in their development? Who's our future pipeline of leaders? You know, we have a really robust intern program. Um, where we brought in a lot of folks who've done really, really well early in career. And um, it's been a really successful pipeline of, of key individuals in the organization who have grown, you know, throughout the years. So you have to bring in both sides, the internal and then also not even just external hiring, but the external macro environment um, and how that plays a key part in your workforce planning. Um, right now we're seeing, you know, we've we've seen the great resignation and you know, um, a job seekers market, but now we're seeing, I think a little bit of the tightening of the labor market and how does that change your strategy? How does that change your approach? You need to factor in kind of all of these things when you're planning it out. I love it. And I'm going to ask you about tools, technology, data yeah. that you use to facilitate the discussion. But before I do, I want to ask you that quarterly meeting mm -hmm. or that frequency, what does that look like? Is it, you're presenting your insights and ideas and you're spending a day talking about it. Do you have an hour on a super packed agenda? I know what is that discussion is and is it even a, is it a discussion or is it, Hey, here's your information. Here's your insight. Go and think about it and discuss on your own. I'm just really curious about what that event looks like. Yeah. So luckily we've established um, what we call quarterly business reviews, which is basically a review of both our financial and workforce metrics. So how did we do end the quarter, you know, key financial metrics, KPIs. Um, and then also, you know, what does that mean for our headcount, our workforce planning, you know, how many sales reps we need to accomplish our revenue goals. And we bring the executive leadership team uh, together for that on a quarterly basis for about an hour and a half. So that everyone has visibility into the financial, the workforce metrics, the product roadmap, how things are changing, the interdependencies. And what that really does is feed into our go forward headcount plan. So um, at that point, after we've solidified that, then we meet with finance, our HR business partners, our talent acquisition team all together to talk through these revised plans, um, the details behind them, because you know recruiting has to go out, make changes, uh, based on that HR business partners, you know, need to make changes. Um, so we, we really make sure that we first align at the leadership team level, have that integrated discussion, and then it flows down to the teams that are really responsible on, on executing on those headcount plans. 
That's a very kind of reasonable approach. It sounds like yeah. it's just, you know, the knowing doing gap in this space. I think we're all too familiar with it. It's like we can talk about it, but to actually make it happen and make it happen at scale and speed in a sustainable way is, is certainly a challenge. Uh, I want to go back to the tech and mm -hmm. data and, and who you work with and, mm -hmm. you know, share to the extent that you feel comfortable, of course, but here's the thing that I want to put forth and get your yeah. response to is that when we first started in this field, it was, you know, wrestling a bunch of data sets, putting it together and doing basic cluster analysis, visualizing mm -hmm. credit reports and, and pushing it out. Uh, and there was a handful of solutions that we'd be using yeah. now. When we talk about employee experience, when we talk about talent intelligence or labor market analytics or talent market analytics, uh, when we talk about you know employee listening and the frequency of surveying and poll surveys, then when we talk about passive data collection uh, with ONA and all, there's all these possibilities. Yeah. So in my view, we have to be an educated shopper and know how to bring this ecosystem together to get the insight that we need so we can deliver the results yeah. and insights you know, to our internal customers. What are your thoughts there, particularly with workforce planning? Who are you leveraging, if you don't mind you sharing? And if you don't want to call out specifically, what's the nature of the data that you are using? Yeah, I mean, um, so... You know, we we leverage a lot a lot of the information, obviously, from our HRIS. Um, but I would say that we don't we don't use a lot of the reporting directly from it. We pull a lot of the information, like you said, we have to bring it all together, right? And so we pull a lot of that into a data warehouse. Um, and so we have, you know, we have our attrition data, our hiring data, you know, from our recruiting system being pulled into that. Um, mm -hmm. We have our headcount data, our financial data, all of this sort of brought into one data warehouse and, um, you know, we sit, we sit a data visualization tool, Power BI on top of that um, to kind of bring it all together in a, a way that's obviously easily consumable. Um, in addition to that, we have our engagement platform um, where we do a lot of our employee listening and, and actually, you know, that has a lot of in-house capability there. Um, you know, I'll call it out Glint. We use Glint. I've been using that for 10 years. Um, so I think, you know, for that, we, we keep the data anonymous, so we don't pull it in out, outside of the tool at all. Um, we want to maintain that anonymity, but uh, it has a lot of in-house kind of analytics that that we leverage as well. And and at the aggregate level, combine with our, our other data sets as well. I mean, 10 years, you're you're a veteran with Clint. <laughs> Maybe not well, last, that long. Maybe six years, but yeah. uh, six, seven years. But it's it's been... I mean, I think a lot of those tools have come so far, you know, whether it's Glint, Coltramp, others, it's it's great to see, you know, them integrating, you know, uh, NLP and, and you know, a lot of that uh, where in the past we had to like export all the comments and try to figure out the, the yeah. sentiment and all that. It's all built in these days. So it makes it a lot easier and you can get to, you know, from insights to action a lot quicker. You know, considering that, how involved are you with HRIT decisions, is yeah. there, do you have a partner there? Is are you an influencer there? Are you the owner of those decisions? What, what does that look like? Yeah, we we partner really closely with IT. Um, we do have kind of an HRIT. Um, I won't even well won't even call it a team. It's one person. We're very lean and mean at, at Tadium. So, uh, but he he sits in IT. He does an amazing job. Um, and we're 
were part of those conversations as part of the renewals. A lot of those, um, you know, HR systems sit within our budget. And so we have ownership of the, the discussions around, you know, whether we want to renew, bring in new ones, things like that. And then IT, obviously we work with them to, to suss out all the requirements and things like that. So it's a really good partnership we have. Um, and it's been, it's been great. And, you know, we've been, done a lot of work to, to bring more, you know, more and more of what we have together into a centralized kind of area, not have a lot of disparate tools, which I think also helps. Sometimes you see that tool sprawl start to happen um, yeah. and it can happen right under your nose. Right. And then you say like, Hey, why do we have, you know, four different survey tools or why do we have, you know, so we've done a lot of work there and I think it's led to a better outcome. And when you say work, for me, that translates into governance and just making sure that you're on top of what you're yeah. doing and, and not doing, making conscious decisions there. So yeah, yeah. kudos to you. you know, uh, so I know we don't have much time and I can talk to you all day. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> there's so many things that are popping to mind here because I love the concept, frankly, and I'll own my own bias here uh, mm -hmm. of bringing these two together. Yeah. Uh, I think they, it's long overdue in most organizations. So again, I'm just going to call out my bias. Uh, I'm curious as we move forward, and I know you have a slide on this uh, around the the future of workforce planning yeah. and you know people analytics. Yeah, how do you see? And correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, Tanium is unique in terms of size and agility and, and all that, but not only for your work there at Tanium, but for the discipline. You know, yeah. what do you see as being a natural evolution of workforce planning and analytics? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, in the if you would have asked me this, you know, a couple of years ago, it would have been, or maybe even longer, it would have been like, well, I just, it's great just to see it, companies have these functions, right? It's great to have a workforce analytics team or a workforce planning team. So that in itself is growth. But now I think it's more around, you know, how do you move from just getting these ad hoc requests to actually being part of those conversations? You know, you're the proverbial, you, you have a seat at the table. How do you shape the business strategy? Um, you know, I think it's easy to become order takers. You know, you you get a request, you, you take it in, you fulfill it. But how do you move beyond that to say, where the leaders are bringing into the conversations to say, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, executing on our product strategy. Uh, and it looks like this over the next six to 12 months. Can you give me some data on whether we actually have the skill sets, what does the external labor market look like? What locations should we recruit from? And how does that shape what we actually might be able to execute in, in Q1 versus Q2? Those are the type of conversations you want to be a part of versus, hey, can you give me the latest headcount uh, for the last three years? Um, you know, you hope to automate that and just have it at the fingertips and then be involved in these more strategic discussions. So I think, you know, for me, it's it's moved beyond just having these capabilities, which is great for a lot of companies, but how do you now get integrated into those business planning and strategy conversations where you can really shape the trajectory of the, the company? And that's that's where you want to be. And, and, and that's what I hope the future is. Thank you for that. I believe that people, analytics leaders, workforce planning leaders, uh, we have to have a overarching uh, name and convention. Yeah. Uh, but we're uniquely positioned to facilitate those discussions Absolutely. because we yeah. have pr proprietary data that is yeah. not only around our current workforce, but, you know, visibility into labor markets, which to your yeah. point informs location strategy and where we're going to struggle to hire. So mm -hmm. recruiting strategy and on down the line, what do you see 
as the barriers for this happening in not I mean, only not titanium because obviously you're doing it but elsewhere mm -hmm. based on your visibility into the space i mean i think um general awareness honestly i think we still and i don't know if it's a branding or what it is but you know workforce planning the concept um is sometimes a little heady right it's what is what does this actually mean so really getting in and having these conversations and being tactical with the leaders of this is what it actually means. Here's an example of a workforce plan. You know, I know it's going to change in, you know, a month or two months because the business changes, but I'm here to support you. So I think some of the barriers is just education of, of, of the value it can bring, what sort of data you have available. Um, the ability, and, and this is very fundamental, is sometimes half the battle is accurate data and a single mm -hmm. source of truth. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're coming out with attrition data and another team's coming out with attrition data or headcount data, you know, who's, who is who, who's the believe, what data do we use to inform our decision? So um, to me, that's always been a big barrier and where you should focus on first is getting the data right, centralized, single source of truth. It's not the sexiest stuff, but it's actually very critical in building credibility for the function. Um, and, and I think that's often a barrier that gets overlooked or, or quickly, you know, they folks want to jump to predictive analytics or whatever it may be, but you got to get the, the fundamentals right. Um, and, and sometimes a, a simple headcount report when you haven't had good data in the past is a huge, huge, uh, win for, for you, um, and for the, the function, because it starts to get you in those conversations that can lead to more strategic work. I absolutely love it. Um, can you do me a favor and bring up your um, lessons learned biz yeah. biggest impact slide? And as yeah. you do uh, tee that up, I'm going to bring up uh, Sharif's question, which is going to have to be the last one before we wrap. Um, and just focusing on the last one here, what analytics will add to the workforce planning process? If you're having those together, you know, is that actually, I, I'll just let you take it from there. Yeah. I mean, I think if you don't bring them together, um, you're going to miss uh, a lot of, you know, historical trends, um, but also like I was talking about the interdependencies. So I'll just, I'll just bring up an example. So, um, you know, if, if we're hiring a hundred sales reps and we typically know that more sales reps should lead to more pre-sales engineers and should lead to a certain support ratio of it or whatever it may be. If you haven't modeled out and built out those forecasts and understand those linkages and what they mean for the organization, and you're building in a silo of, hey, I'm just building a workforce plan for the sales team. If you don't have the data behind that to support it, then you're going to end up with uh, a situation where, you know, your workforce is not able to execute on schools and, and you're out of whack. And a lot of times it's too late when you start to realize that you haven't brought these two together, you haven't brought the teams together and you didn't have the data around it. Um, and I also think, you know, benchmarks help a lot having, you know, that external data around the macro environment and what's happening that can inform the strategy. So uh, I think about, it makes it real in a lot of times. So when you're doing planning, it's, it's often a strategic exercise, right? And you're thinking about scenario planning, but if it's not backed by the data, it makes it very difficult to, to make it very tactical, um, and understand the trends. So I think you need to bring the two together. Um, and, and also last thing I'll say is a lot of it's also around the the cost data. Um, you know, you can have, and it's a two-way street, you can have the, the headcount data without the cost data and the cost data without understanding 
broader workforce implications or skill sets, things like that. So you really got to work with your finance partners to bring together the two. And, and oftentimes that's missed in just a, a high level strategic workforce planning conversation. Outstanding. Well, I really appreciate you sharing. I, I'm going to bring up this last slide. I know we're starting to wrap here, uh, but you want to go through these real quick. And Dave, thanks for joining. Victoria, thanks for joining. But uh, Anthony, lessons learned. Yeah, I touched on a couple of these. Meet the business where it's at. Uh, don't go in saying, hey, like, you know, best practices say workforce planning should look out three to five years and you should have X, Y, Z you got to understand where the company's at in its growth and where it's at with its data, et cetera. Meet it to where it's at and build from there. Make sure the data is credible. Um, that's how you get your own credibility. Don't just hand off dashboards or analytics. You need to enable your users on how to understand it and when and where to use it. And then, you know, don't just be an order taker. Again, try to understand the question your requester's uh, trying to ask. And then you can be the expert in understanding and, and letting them know about the data they need. So, those are just some of the high level uh, lessons learned. Um, there's a million more I've learned throughout my career, but uh, those are top of mind for me. You know, thank you so much. I'm gonna just pick up and just emphasize that last one. You know, I constantly encourage those who are in the field, whether they be experienced or just starting out, is have the conversation first. Mm -hmm. Don't try and just guess and hope it hits the mark. You know, yep. Engage your internal customers, learn what their where their energy is, what their hypotheses are, and go then source the data and do the analytics that are going to help answer that question. So yeah, I just want to celebrate that. So Anthony, yeah. Thanks for being your awesome self. Uh, enjoy Thanks, the uh, long holiday weekend coming up. Do you have any well. special plans? Uh, packing. I'm moving. So uh, moving back to San Francisco. Uh, it's super excited, but doesn't make for the most exciting weekend. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, all I'm It'll be great to have you closer. So uh, Absolutely. all the best with that. And again, thank you for sharing. You be well, yeah? Yeah, you too. Thanks, all everyone. Right, see all right, bye. bye.